Hello and welcome to the Private Practice Made Perfect podcast. I'm Cathy Love. I started life as an OT, had a, an amazing, crazy private practice which I sold. And what I do now is help allied health business owners create a business that serves them, the time, the money, the joy that they absolutely deserve. And this is where my idea for the podcast started. What I want to do is to capture how hard allied health business owners in Australia work to achieve their dreams, to support their teams, to create amazing outcomes for their clients. So sit back, beverage of joys, drive safely, walk carefully, however you're listening in, and I hope you absolutely enjoy Oh, the recording is in progress. I've got a podcast guest for your uh, listening ears today, Bronwyn Dell. How often do people get your name wrong? Well, pretty often, yeah. The gel comes out. Gel, gel the gel. Or, yeah, hell even. <laughs> yeah, been in, in other countries where, the, yeah, they don't have a G, so it comes out silent. Oh, wow. Yeah. Wow. Amazing. So Bronwyn is an occupational therapist by trade and the director of Driven by You Occupational Therapy by uh, by Passion. Welcome. Thanks. Thanks, Kathy. Thanks for having me. I'm so excited. Yeah. Well, your story's cool. Your story's really good and it's just different like everybody else's business story is. So you kind of did the OT thing. But you were also doing this baseball thing. And you never <laughs> yeah. told me about this. I discovered this kind of just snipping around on your website one day. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, yeah, I play, I play baseball, play for Australia. I've been in the Australian team since, since I was 16. So, yeah, over a, over a decade now. Yeah. Mm. You still in the team? Yeah, well, we haven't travelled for a few years because of this this COVID thing happening. So haven't been able to travel, travel overseas. So, uh, but yeah, still, still playing around Australia at the moment. Wow. So why baseball? Yeah, I know I get that question a lot. Why baseball and why not softball? But um, yeah, dad, dad grew up playing baseball. Then my brother played and they're both my biggest role models in life. So I, I wanted to do what they were doing. Um, yeah, and just loved it. I loved the freedom of the sport. I loved running around and all the friendships I made. It's, yeah. yeah. Yeah, I loved it at sport. school. I played it at school. And I even got whacked in the head and needed surgery on my nose as an adult to kind of fix that. Turns out I couldn't breathe because I couldn't catch the bloody baseball. <laughs> oh, no, yeah, we do hear about those stories. That, yeah, yeah, not fun, not fun. <laughs> so what what was it about baseball and OT like do you reckon there's sort of stuff going on there that kind of line up yeah definitely well I've um played at the high level since I was in high school so you know I had to be pretty disciplined Mm. you know doing VCE traveling around the world getting my gym workout getting training sessions in as well as studying and um yeah I thought you know, going into uni, the same thing happened. So when I started working, same kind of skills had to apply into into my, you know, weekends and weekly routines. So, I've, yeah, I've definitely learned a lot of skills 
through baseball that I've then then applied into my professional life as well. Yeah, and and then running a business as well, using those yeah. skills across across the the two. So, in the early years of your OT life, you kind of were employed, and then there was this moment where you had this bright idea about starting your own business. What was that moment about? Yeah, well, I um, I was well, I was quite lucky actually. I was I was sixteen, you know, doing work experience when I knew that occupational therapy is what I wanted to do. Uh, my dad had an accident when he was when he was a teenager and I remember him talking about occupational therapists and I didn't really know what they did yeah what they were about (laughs) yeah yeah and um I just remember the way he spoke about them in his voice and I thought to myself that I'd love to make a difference in someone's life like that Mm. like that person or that those occupational therapists did so I was I went out and I figured out how to get work experience and the pathway that I needed to do to make that my career. So by the time I came to uni, I had it all panned out in my head and, I, and I, I've really always liked, you know, event management and um, organisation and I, I knew in uni that I also wanted to start a business. Did um, you really? I did. I did. I had a, had a five-year plan in, in my mind. Um, but then, yeah, when I started working for people and trying to absorb as much information and everything I could, I loved it. I loved um, all the experiences I had. But, yeah, because of baseball, I had to take a lot of time off work. I really struggled with the nine-to-five, uh, you know, nine-to-five-hour day and Monday to Friday getting to trainings. I live in, you know, regional Victoria, so travel on top of that. It was hard. Um, so it kind of came earlier than my five-year plan. I, I started mm. the business. I kind of went down to part-time uh, work and then just did sole trader for a little bit. And, yeah, and it grew a lot faster than I was expecting. So, yeah. yeah. So what were, the, what were the biggest motivations for starting your own business? I think the biggest ones, yeah, was that life, work-life mm. balance that I preach. And I, I, I love a life of adventure so that allowed me to do that and yeah live the life that I wanted to live um, but I think also I'm really passionate about creating an environment and a workplace that align with my values and morals and that people want to come and work for we spend a lot of time at work mm. so you know I know I I, I am really passionate about occupational therapy and making a difference to my clients but I'm also really passionate about making a difference to the staff that work for me as well so you know that that really excites me and yeah makes me passionate about running a business Mm -hmm. as well. So started so there was a phase and I had the same phase um, about you kind of got a couple of days paid employment and you're spending a lot of time in your car is that what it was? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah, I was, yes, yeah, so I was, I was, yeah, part time working for someone a couple of days a week. It started off, I was just doing my own one day a week and then dropped another day and was doing two days. <laughs> like the seesaw just kind yeah. of happened, doesn't it? That's it. And then word of mouth happened. I was, you know, things just fell into place, really. I, 
I didn't push anything. I just, I let it kind of all happen really naturally. And then, yeah, word of mouth spread. I was getting all these referrals. And, yeah, I just had to make the leap and I had to decide, yeah, that uh, it was either all in or, yeah, it was making, it was getting too hard to balance the both. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I think you just get tired of being two different people in two different places. You're kind of running your own show and then the paid work becomes the side hustle. And how do you show up there when you've got something wildly more exciting that you want to think about? And you've got to kind of, you tear your head in two. Yeah, that's it. And yeah, I couldn't, I couldn't wait a week to respond to an email or something either. So I was mm. ended up doing it outside of hours or my lunch breaks, so I'd be, you know, responding to emails or following up calls in relation to the business. And that just wasn't really fair for who I was employed for as well. Yeah. So took the plunge. Yeah. Full-time business. We've got to actually, we should let people know that you live and work in a gorgeous part of the country. Paint the picture for us because the autumn leaves must be starting to look good. It is, and I just noticed that yesterday when I was walking the dogs. It's yeah, the the trees are beautiful and the colours are amazing at the moment. So yeah, I live out in um, Bacchus Marsh, and that's where the clinic is. Um, yeah, it's out of Melbourne. This, yeah, just out of Melbourne, um, towards Ballarat. Yeah, and it, we've got this avenue when you drive in, and it's it's just beautiful. We there's lots of signs. We we call ourselves the uh, the the fruit bowl of Victoria, um, yeah. yeah, the the hikes and the mountains. It's yeah, it's really really lovely. I love yeah. it out here. And if you stand on a very tall hill, you can kind of see the see the the fuzz of Melbourne and a couple of tall yeah. buildings. And the, yeah, yeah, I, I'm very lucky. I live I live on the uh, cliff edge of the Werribee Gorge. The ah. river comes comes down at the bottom of my cliff, and I've got yeah. I can see one direction is the Werribee Gorge and then I see the Lerderderg um, and then the Brisbane Ranges are behind me and then I can, yeah, see, see Melbourne. Yeah. Got it. Beautiful. Oh, Beautiful. Quite the lifestyle. Quite <laughs> the lifestyle. Quite it's the lovely. lifestyle. So what were the early days of being self-employed like? Yeah, it was good. It was um, very flexible and I I look back at it and I I probably could have worked a lot harder, but I really enjoyed the lifestyle of, yeah, uh, being able to travel and work at my pace and do my sporting achievements as well. Um, but it did get lonely. It was it mm. was lonely being a sole trader, living out of my car, not being able to bounce ideas off colleagues. Mm. Um, yeah, which, yeah motivated me to want to grow my team so how many years ago was this when you went out full-time on your own um it would be two and a half years ago okay I was gonna go three wow probably three I'm not very good with whenever COVID years yeah COVID years they they count they're like dog years they're seven each yeah Yeah, I reckon it's probably yeah been three maybe even over three now yeah and so what's happened, what, what have you done business-wise in the last couple of years? Yeah, so I was sole trader and just, yeah, working out of my car. And at that point, I didn't really even establish an area that I was even living in. I was 
I was um, renting and moving around a little bit. And I was really quite fortunate that my sister-in-law is a Google ad expert. So <laughs> I'd get there to set up my Google ad wherever I was living. Um, and I wasn't doing any like kind of long-term projects or anything. I was just getting a feel of what I enjoyed, what I wanted to specialise in, what I wanted to do. Um, and then because of family reasons, I moved back back home to where my parents, where I grew up and where my parents are and, and um, yeah, set up my Google ad location there. and <laughs> Drop the pin next time. Drop the pin, yeah, and it blew up. It's, yeah, word of mouth happened. Um, got really good networks with some support coordinators and I think at that point, yeah, I knew that that's, I had, yeah, I knew that that's where I wanted to work and the area I wanted to. So um, from there, I got a contractor to take over my other clients because I was on the other side of Melbourne at that time. So, and she still works for me when I've still got those clients. So that's really, really cool. I love watching them grow. Um, Yeah, and then just luckily enough, I had a friend from uni reach out to me and they wanted to also move into a different area area of occupational therapy and they wanted to work for me. So that kind of just fell into my lap as well and I was so fortunate. So I wanted to make that happen. And at that point, we were still mobile, but I realised it was really important to have a like a headquarters somewhere for us to meet and be able to yeah. share resources, share knowledge, and also retain retain her as well. So, so we moved into a clinic only last year in October. So, we've been there, been there since, and it just keeps growing. We've we've brought on some allied health assistants, and then just last month we we've, we've now got a full time administrator as well. So, team yeah, of six. Yeah, team of six. So I've got two allied health assistants. We've got three OTs, including myself, and a full-time admin. Oh, I should say team of seven because we've also got a therapy dog, Willow. I was just <laughs> waiting for you to add Willow in. <laughs> yeah, she's so amazing. So those principles of baseball slash teamwork, how have they guided you lead a team of six? Yeah, I think um, I've done a lot of coaching as well in baseball and I've had a, a lot of great coaches as well as role models mm. through yeah through my experience at baseball and I think that's really really helped me um, work in that team environment and lead a team as well because as much as baseball is a team sport it's full of individuals so working out every individual what what motivates them and what encourages them in baseball is the same as running a business. You've got to know what inspires an individual to, to reach their full potential as well. So I've, I've really tried to focus on that when I'm running a business. Mm. And what are you learning? Lots. <laughs> <laughs> I'm learning that, um, yeah, it is a big challenge trying to mm. find that balance. Balance is the biggest thing, I think, in terms of, work-life balance and, um, yeah, developing those kind of relationships as well at work. I want to give everybody everything they want, but, yeah, finding that balance to 
be sustainable as well. Mm. Yeah. Hey, it's Natalie Naker Consulting's team member jumping in here quickly to talk about one of our core brand values, connection. That is why we have set up two really easy ways for you to connect with us on another level or find like-minded allied health business owners just like yourself. Join us and our growing community over at the Private Practice Made Perfect Facebook group. This is a vibrant and helpful community that shares some absolute gems to growing your business. Another way is by signing up to our love letter. Only we could get away with naming a business newsletter a love letter. So get on in and sign up there so that you don't miss out on any of our events, freebies, new offers, and helpful industry insights that will keep you ahead of the game. Alrighty, let's dive back into the conversation. Your commitment to work-life balance is so impressive. How do you how do you bring that commitment through to the team as well? Like how do they lead themselves and manage their work within their lifestyles? How does that all work? Yeah, I think, yeah, it's something we are working on and um, we do, so last Friday we went out to the Werribee Gorge and we we did a hike and had lunch. Um, so doing some of those kind of days helps. And I think also um, I like to, yeah, lead by example that mm. I'm not there at ridiculous time in the morning and leaving it when it's dark and working really long hours. I'm trying to, yeah. By leading by example, I'm showing them that I can manage my workload whilst also achieving all of these things outside of work and that I really want to support them to achieve what they want to achieve outside of work as well as inside of work. Um, but, yeah, I'm very lucky as well with the team that I've got. They like to work pretty autonomously, so mm. giving them that freedom and just letting them know if they're not reaching any KPIs or what they need to do to reach next week's KPIs. Yeah, yeah. it is a, it's a balance and I'm st- yeah. Yeah, still improving. Yeah. What, um, what do you and your team do really well at the moment? Um, really well. I think probably communication. I think mm. we're very, very open and very flexible so I think in terms of if someone is communicating that they they need something or they want something that they're being heard and that's not just me listening I think our admin and um, my staff as well if if I'm needing something everyone's very open open to feedback and and open to expressing what they need because we can't fix it unless unless we know as well so yeah, it's a very, very good environment, I think, and we enjoy having fun. We have shared lunches and we've got a we've got a wellness program. We take a high mm. high priority on mental health as well. So mm. yeah, yeah. we all really care. Yeah. What uh what got you through COVID? Are you Metro Melbourne? I'm in regional. But some of your yeah. clients and yeah, you're so on my the clients edge. were in we're in Metro. Yeah. What got yeah. you through the last couple of years? Um, well, for most of it, I was actually a sole trader um, and mobile. I was a mobile service. So, yeah, it was it was a challenge because, yeah, I was in regional and then but most of my clients were in Metro and then it just kept changing and it was, yeah. you know, so being being fluid and just, just being flexible and just going with the – 
with the flow of things and just brainstorming other ways to to make um, an work. income, yeah, yeah, and make it work and, you know, telehealth and all these different ideas sent out little packages to our clients that they could do at home and being, yeah, just being supportive of the families. Um, yeah, it was it was tough, but we got through it and it gave us a lot of opportunities to work on our procedures and our policies and our mm-hmm. system. So when when we came back, we we're, were ready to go and we could, yeah, straight into the swing of things, which we yeah. took the opportunity as a positive. Yeah. I was going to ask you about your approach to opportunities. Yeah. It's yeah. pretty cool. What do you... Yeah. Well, I do, yeah, I've got a bit of a... Um, a mindset about you know when opportunities come just to take it because you, you never know when you're going to get another opportunity like you do and looking at the positives I think um it's gotten me into some pretty crazy adventures but oh I really want to hear about them now <laughs> I um they're mainly from my brother he's he's pretty he's he's pretty adventurous so every time he's offered me an opportunity I'm always taking it and any job opportunities I tend to take it and um, yeah like I mentioned before I didn't really force my business I I did have a goal and I envisioned where I wanted to be in life but yeah I never really forced any of it and I've I've been fortunate enough to have opportunities come up um, Mm. as well so and I've utilized the people that I've got in my network as well. If someone wants to offer to do something or or mm. anything, I've yeah, just um, yeah, and always just seemed to work out for the best. And everything happens for a reason as well. Yeah, yeah. it's that lovely open energy of yeah. being available and curious and ready to uh, kind of step towards whatever comes your way that feels really good at the at the time yeah in the busyness of business it can be so easy to sort of say no I don't have time for that and you uh can miss out yeah definitely definitely speaking of missing out that is probably something Willow has never experienced in her life <laughs> what uh what was the thinking with Willow and uh training her as a therapy dog yeah so she was another probably example of an opportunity and making it for the best. I um, I had, I grew up with dogs. I'm a dog person. So just the fact that I can take my dog to work is awesome. But yeah, when I was looking for a dog, it was two years ago. So it was COVID time. And, and at that time, everyone was home and everyone wanted a dog. And it was almost impossible to get a dog. And it was just through a friend that I knew um, at at Vision Australia. Um, she trains dogs, seeing eye dogs. And, yeah, she said that up in Queensland there was a, a litter of dogs that were meant to go overseas and work in a hospital and they need to be rehomed, but they don't sell to the public. Um, maybe just contact them, let them know what you, what you want. So, yeah, it was... I got I got Willow from Career Dogs Australia up in Brisbane. So she got she flew down and her nature is just incredible. She's she's so beautiful and she's she's just bred to be exactly what she does and, and she loves mm. it. And I am so, so lucky to have her. 
for myself but also for the business. Yeah. yeah. And a quick run through on the training and where she's up to. Yeah, so she's still technically in training because we haven't done our certificate and um, just because of COVID and everything, but um, she's ready to go and she's she's got a little her vest on in training, which kids respond so well to as well. They always ask before they can pat, before they pat her and and everything. But she's um, she's very very well trained. Everyone is so shocked so shocked by her um, her nature. She she acts like she's an old lady, but she's still only she just turned two years old. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. So she comes into schools with me and into kindergartens and into people's homes. Yeah. Just beautiful. Have you ever had any problems getting her through the door? Through or is in um not being allowed to yeah. come in. Yeah. Um I no at schools and that no, I've always asked. Um yeah, I always ask beforehand. Or I just mention that I've got her and and they will say, oh, bring her, bring her in, bring her in next time. Um, they love it. All the schools love it. Sometimes even if Willow doesn't work with a particular student, um, they still want her to come in and sometimes they, yeah, steal her off me and take her around yeah. to the other classrooms. Oh, wow. Yeah, but no, I haven't had an issue. No, no. That's good. One of the favourite schools that I worked at had a couple of old lazy lab Labradors mm-hmm. and it was kind of a farmish based sort of school yeah. and um, there were chooks around in the playground and, you know, one day I, I just turned to kind of change direction and just about face planted over this dozing Labrador with his, with her <laughs> legs in the air, absolutely gorgeous. And, um, yeah, kids just lounged all over and this dog just, I don't know, you know, must have been a whiz at grade three maths by that point. <laughs> she just uh, had been in the room forever and it was just so normal and natural. Like why wouldn't there be an old lab you know, curled up on the corner of the mat most of the day. Yeah. Just yeah, lovely. the kids love it. Yeah, yeah, they get disappointed. Willow was actually sick a couple of weeks ago and they were really disappointed when I turned up without her. So that was nice but also a little bit sad that they weren't excited <laughs> to see me. Yeah, exactly right. <laughs> well, I'm here too. Hello, hello, people. So we're recording this at the start of 2022 and certainly in uh, in Melbourne we've had the Grand Prix and we've got the Comedy Festival and the footies back on. Like it's feeling more our next flavour of normal than ever, ever before. What have you got in store for the business this year or for you and the business this year? Yeah, so, uh, well, tomorrow I head off, I fly out to Adelaide. I've got my nationals my baseball nationals starting. Um, so that's over Easter. And then we have a student starting later later this year, which I'm mm. super excited about, um, running a student program. And then hopefully I'd like to, yeah, continue to grow. I've got a couple of allied health assistants, which I have utilised because I've found it really, really hard to recruit occupational therapist or speech therapist so um yeah we're utilizing the allied health assistance a bit more to to just get some others off off the wait list and keep the wait list moving as well and yeah I've seen since we've done that I've really seen the value of allied health mm. assistance so I'm definitely going to grow 
in that area and utilize them really, really well. That's my goal this year. Um, and that's yeah, what we're moving towards. I actually don't have enough allied health assistant at the moment with <laughs> which is um which is exciting because a year ago we yeah, we weren't really utilizing them. Mm. Yeah. yeah. I think they're um well, a lot of the businesses we work with and support kind of yeah getting the getting the hang of this AHA piece and it's it's so exciting because it's such a really cool career for people to have you know some AHAs are undergrads for you know allied health professional courses but others are actually getting the training and and seeing this as a career move as an assistant AHA forever and NDIS is opening those doors pretty rapidly yeah yeah, definitely. We've we've got well, our allied health assistants. One of them studying physiotherapy, so that yeah. brings another value to the business as well. And the other one, he's a nurse, so um, yeah, they've got the 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 health background, all their learning, and mm. um, yeah, it's it's really exciting thinking about the the opportunities to come as well for the business. Yeah. Yep. So growing out kind of team a little bit, um, do you envisage getting back on a plane with your passport and your bas- your baseball? <laughs> yeah, that would be really, really exciting. I, I hope so. I, I, I forget what it's like to get, get on a plane and be on a plane for that long. And um, yeah, there's no international trips this year planned. Um, the World Cups have moved to every four years instead of every two years so um, hopefully, hopefully next year though. Mm. Yeah. So what do you want the business to kind of be looking like, you know, in the next 12 months? We're building team, but what about your role in the business? What do you want that to look like? Yeah, well, I love working with my clients. I, I, I do mm. really, really love it. But I would like to move more from a clinician to more of like a CEO position um, and which would give me more time to uh, work with my staff and really oversee that and make sure that they're happy and that everything's in place. I've got all these awesome ideas about, um, yeah, all these fun things to do in the business because that's what I really am passionate about. I just don't have time because I'm, yeah, so working so hard with, with my clients and achieving their goals. So, yeah, I'd love to move away from I yeah, really want to know how you're going to do that. We've all <laughs> yeah. wrangled with this. Everyone finds this yeah. an opportunity in your language. Yeah. yeah. So, well, it's a really good start already. We employed an administrator full-time. She started mm-hmm. in March, March last, last month. So, and March was already the best month we've had in history of Ever. the business. Yep. So far, yay, yeah. kudos to you. Yeah, so that was amazing. And I do put that down to letting go of some roles, so being able to spend more time doing other things um, and working with my clients. So that was a step in, in the right mm-hmm. direction there. Um, and then I think, yeah, if I can't employ another OT, or, you know, I'm doing a uh, recruitment campaign at the moment, but, yeah, utilising the allied health assistance and making the best of the opportunities that we do have. So we've got some really, really great allied health assistants and um, also, yeah, I know that there is 
a market for that as well and mm. especially with employment opportunities. Um, so that, yeah, we're already talking to, to people about taking that next step. So I think, yeah, just growing, growing that and also looking at doing some groups and just different ways of the business running other than, yeah, just those one-on-one OTs that we've, appointments that we've always done. Yeah. Yeah. And I guess with some extra admin customer service support, you, some of the systems and the kind of admin-y things can come off your plate even more, even more than before. Definitely, definitely. I felt like I was playing a lot of Tetris with my appointments and um, trying to be so flexible with all my clients mm. and with COVID happening and then extra curriculum activities coming back. Um, yeah, we're trying to move things around so kids don't miss too much school and get all their other things. And But having an ad, admin person do that, yeah, um, yeah that's their job. And, they can focus on that and I don't have to spend yeah. so much time. Yeah. yeah. I was yeah, spending too much time on on the admin yeah. and, and even invoicing and receding and I can, yeah, utilise admin for that as well. Yeah. How well do you delegate? Well, I'm getting better. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you'd, you'd know that, that I, yeah, worked, worked with you, Cathy, for how long now? About, about 12 months? Yeah. Or, or yep. longer yeah yeah and yeah that was always my struggle and I always said that and I wasn't very good at delegating and um I think yeah the way I like things to be done is the way I've done them for so long it was really hard to delegate but I'm actually getting really good at that because I'm seeing the benefits of delegating uh, what are the benefits yeah. oh well more time I've got yeah. more time to do other things um as well so that's real. That's that's massive. Having mm. having more time and and I sleep better now. <laughs> Go to bed mm. without a massive list of to do things and yeah. and yep. things things don't get forgotten and yeah, having extra people being mm. on top of things really really makes makes a difference. I was talking with one of uh, my teammates uh, the other day about delegating and um, where the conversation went was there are other ways to be right. Like my version of how I want it done isn't the only way that the jolly task can get done. Yeah. And sometimes you've got to release those expectations, hold a standard. Yeah. But release the expectations that the only way to be right or to get it done is your way. Definitely. Yeah. Has that been your experience? Tell me I'm not alone. (laughs) Yeah, you're definitely not alone there. Not alone there. And I think the the challenge was previously to having the full-time admin is I I did have admin for a couple of days so it was just casual and yeah which was great it um freed up some time but because on the other days I would then be picking it up that it was yeah challenging to know if someone was doing it a different way to I was doing it that it sometimes did get a little bit confusing or messy or I'll try and Mm. yeah so having that full time and actually delegating and not not going back to it and having that someone responsible for something and that is yeah now it's it's out of sight kind of out of mind as well yeah 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 so there's going to be lots of development of systems in your future methinks yes Yes, definitely yep 
systemizing like crazy so that you can kind of release clients, release admin and kind of step up very elegantly into more of a director kind of future CEO role. Yeah, yeah, which I'm very excited about. I, um, yeah, those, the the steps towards that still aren't super clear, but um, I'm very lucky to have you, Cathy, to support me <laughs> through all of that and through everything that we've already been through. But, um, yeah, the where I envision it to be, I'm very, very excited about. Yeah, yeah. What has the business taught you so far? Well, so many things. <laughs> business taught me so far well I would probably say it's probably taught me to yeah let go of some of my expectations and um yeah that you know we deal with lots of individuals and everybody's values and morals are their values and morals and nobody's is right or wrong so yeah I love love learning about different people and Mm-hmm. different personalities and I think um yeah I think that's kind of allowed me to yeah let go of my expectations and and yeah how I I view the world has kind of opened me up to so so much more and I'm yeah I've been so excited and learning so much mm. yeah I still remember and I'm sure you do of the great bookkeeper detangle yeah we had to get those files kind of sorted and this happens all the time yeah all the time so that was that was a a good learning I reckon last year yeah definitely definitely yeah um yeah just about having having all of those things in place is yeah has has helped helped a lot yeah good crew good crew yeah yeah, I think uh, you learn a lot about yourself when you're running a, a business. You kind of find out where your edges are. You find out your preferences. You get really clear on what you want to avoid. Yeah. <laughs> Sometimes there's still things that you have to kind of go go towards. Um, and that learning can be steep but really, really, really valuable. What would you want business owners to know, those that are sitting in, as solopreneurs but sort of know that they quietly want more what would you say want them to think about um probably that yeah you're not you're not going to get it right straight away Mm. and you know the only way that you will get to where you want to be is is trial and error so and don't be scared to make mistakes because that's making mistakes is is how we learn and I think um, you know, with all the opportunities that get thrown to me, even if it wasn't the greatest opportunity to take, I always learned from it as well. So not to be scared of of failure because, as you like to call them, flurnings. I love flurnings. Yeah. Yeah. Big fan of flurnings. Yeah. Yeah. Explain what they are. So flurning. So it's, uh, I guess, a, a failure that you've learned from. So mm. something that didn't go right, something that, yeah, you didn't didn't plan, and you made you might have made a mistake or something, but you've learnt from it, and at the end of the day, you've learnt from it, so you you're better than you were yesterday. Mm. Fear is such an interesting one; it 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 can just yeah, paralyze people, understandably. But um, I guess you've faced fear on the baseball pitch. You've faced fear in your business. Is it something that you're 
comfy with and kind of know how to work through? Um, yes and no. I, um, yeah, I do get quite anxious and I think the baseball field brings out a lot of anxiety for me. I get put a lot, a lot of pressure on myself. I've got very high expectations of myself mm. and I have since, since a young age. So I think I, um, I probably don't know any different than to put mm. pressure on myself. So yeah, when I'm, when I'm at work, I've, yeah, again, I've got a high expectation of myself and I, I don't like to fail and I don't like to make mistakes. Um, but yeah, I am learning to be a lot more comfortable with it because yeah, mistakes, mistakes are going to happen. It's inevitable and that's how we learn and that's how we keep moving and keep progressing forward. Yeah. Yeah. I'm thinking of that Japanese proverb and I so hope I get it right. You, you probably know it. Um, it's that one of, I think, fall down, fall down seven times, get up eight. Yeah. Yeah. That's Someone it. will correct that perhaps in the show notes, but I think that's it, that it's you do stumble and you do lose your footing and you lose your bearings, but part of this piece of resilience is to be able to get up and just put the next foot in front of the other. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, we talk about it a lot in baseball because – they say that in baseball you've got less than three seconds to deal and respond when you make an error that you 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 can't dwell on it and you can't keep going because it's going to it's going to continue to affect your game if I make one error and I I stay down about it yeah I'm just going to keep making more errors so they say yeah you've got three seconds to deal with it and make the next play so I think that's wow. pretty similar about running a business as well. That is so interesting. Yeah. It's really similar. It really is similar. Yet maybe in your in our business lives, we will lose sleep. So we're obviously spending <laughs> more than three seconds kind of processing that. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Well, loved, loved getting your story on the record. Uh, love that you're a little fearful about stepping into this, but excited as um, as well. And uh, yeah, your story's really, really cool. You know, the the professional, well, not professional, but the the baseball piece and business, and now a really clear and sunny 2022. Um, so much good stuff ahead, I reckon. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, I was very nervous about this podcast, but I was yeah super super excited about it and I do have a particular coach because I do get anxious at baseball and she always said to me she goes if you're nervous it means you care so I yeah. think whenever you're nervous means probably means you're pretty passionate and you care about what you're doing so it's yeah. probably a good sign yeah well thank you so much for coming in and sharing up the adventure uh to date and um, good luck over the Easter weekend with the Nationals. Thank you so much. Thanks for having me, Kathy. Pleasure, really appreciate pleasure. It. Thank you so much for listening to this episode. For the show notes and other resources, our webinar replays, they're all available over on naker.com.au. 
And if you're loving what you're listening to, please subscribe. We don't want you to miss out on a single thing. And if you want others to get the same benefit that you've had from listening into these episodes, please share this episode and any of the others forward to any of your other allied health business colleagues. And we are totally here for you. Don't forget for a moment that you can jump on in and book that power call and uh, we can see how we can help you get the best of business done. Looking forward to seeing you there.